graphs popping up and everything like that. And yeah, no, no, that's too much. There's spinning dials behind my head and everything else. I was like, that is completely graphs perfect. Just to just like annoy that. Kyle to all out. <laughs> no, no, the newsroom is good. If it's yeah. not the newsroom, I like it when you just had a solid color. Yeah, the color was pretty good. I don't know. It accentuated my eyes. <laughs> Me, I just hey, have a, a bunch of bobbleheads in the background. Yeah, bobbleheads would be good too. Well, Ted did have a really good idea: is actually get a green hat. So eliminate the green screen, get a green hat, and put emoticons on my head every week. So. <laughs> yeah, or or you know, run video on your hat. Video <laughs> on my hat. That'd be awesome. Like a, I oh, just always go with this. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> we, we have a guest speaker today. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome back. Yeah, out, out, out of this world. Episode 111. Appreciate you all joining. As you can see, we are joined by Bill Hartzer. If you don't recognize the crazy spaceman hat, Bill is a, uh, a brand ambassador for Majestic uh, here in the United States. They fly him all over the place. He wears his funny little suit and gets to go to conferences for free. It's a lucky gig, I think. <laughs> uh, we also are accompanied by Ted. Bill, Ted, how are you guys doing this week? Doing great. Yeah, doing doing awesome. Awesome. Interesting news came out this week. The updates was the thing that everyone was talking about. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and fire it off. Uh, just as a note, we're going to round this out with Bill. And he's going to talk about expired domains, uh, how he finds them, etc. We'll talk maybe some about uh, some site audit stuff because he's got really good ideas on site audits and how to leverage those. Uh, and then Bill is actually doing an AMA over on Reddit. The link is on my post. Uh, you can find that link in the description. Uh, save that. And if you have questions for Bill, ask him over on his AMA. Um, obviously, you can ask some here, but keep your primary your good questions for the AMA so he can take some time and, and give you well thought out answers. Uh, and it helps Bill out too. So, with that being said, See the first post. I always preach about using PPC to do keyword research uh, and check the traffic and verify the numbers for uh, search volume. Bill, I don't know. Are you still doing that? As I remember, you were a practitioner of that as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, it really comes down to you know. Actually, I like SEMrush and some keyword tools to look at data, look at competitor sites to see what they're bidding on because if they're bidding on a keyword, obviously. You know, I mean, if they're paying ten dollars a click or more, they can, they, you know, they've already actually themselves they've tested that keyword. So, you know, if they're willing to spend ten bucks or more, five dollars or more per keyword, then it obviously converts for them. Yeah. Um, so it might, you know, at least it's worth it to, you know, test those keywords out. Oh, nice. I, you know, I never even thought about using that leveraging SEMrush. I do that a lot. But in that way, I just haven't thought about that method in quite some time. It's, well, I mean, even even um, even Google's uh, you know keyword tool, or keyword planner, you know, any other you know tools. I mean, you know, but SEMrush actually does have that keyword data, and they have the uh, you know the PPC, you know, the 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 actual ads and ad copy as well. So yeah. it's pretty uh, easy to pull. Which are really good if you're doing title tags and you're stuck on title tags. Pull up SEMrush, like get the ads and use the headlines. There's your title tags. 
Yeah, one of the uh, the first audits you do with an online retailer is just go through their product names and their category names, make sure they're all terms that get organic search volume. Just simply going from zero search volume to something site-wide, page by page is a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Plus it just tells you if you're putting all your effort into the right damn thing, you know? The famous ex uh, um, example I give is we were doing ductless heat pumps and the client wanted to rank for ductless heat pumps, 14,000 search volume. Google said it was the greatest thing ever, but when you add in his uh, actual service area, where he wanted clients, and the only place he would take clients, no one searched for that at all. And we didn't want to know that if we had to use PPC. Uh, and this is this article here gives you a lot of statistics and data to help you with your selling points and why you should probably start kicking that in, uh, especially if you have clients that are uh, you know are resistant to it. And the reason is you want to roll this. Obviously, you want to roll that PPC chart into what you're uh, they're already paying you. Uh, the other way you can do it is kind of estimate $150 a month for PPC uh, when you're giving your, giving your quotes and you turn that into uh, some, one, actionable data and two, a quick, easy way to get some leads, especially for those service area clients, uh, depending on how good you are with PPC. So this is a good post to, you know, again, sales points in here and just some more reasons why you should be using PPC for your SEO. Next one is a uh, Matt Southern over at Search Engine Journal. Google invalid URLs should return four fours and not five hundred error server errors. I don't even really think this was a big deal. I don't, have you guys seen a lot of this? I've done a lot of audits and I haven't seen. Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it, it's very important. If you're doing that, you're inflicting pain because Google will de-index your website for 500 errors. They'll check back every two to four hours to see if they get resolved. Uh, but oftentimes, you'll come back at a lower position than where you left. And the 500 errors is actually the basis of a negative SEO attack called a Googlebot interruption attack. Mm -hmm. And it's how uh, uh, evil SEOs can knock out stores for Black Friday and cause significant harm. Right. And so, yeah, you definitely do not want to give Googlebot a 500 error. That's a terribly horrible idea. So, Bill, when I well, do my uh, audit, so on, on that same on that same note, what about actually a site that I've seen plenty of them that never give a four hundred four, no matter what URL you put in? So, you know, well, even if I went to a site and you know that always gives a two hundred okay on yeah. even you know domain.com slash whatever one two three four five. Right. Yeah, Google Google starts uh, referring to those when they uh, appear to be duplicates of like the homepage as a soft 404. It gets a lot more murky when you redirect to an inner page. Uh, but then again, Google, you know, will also tend to only show one copy, the highest page rank copy of a page. So if it appears to be duplicate pages on Google's side, they'll reduce it to the best PR one and filter the rest. Um, but yeah, you know, we're getting close to the basis of how you use expired domains to harvest backlinks. Yeah. Um, 
Sure, yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to years ago. I mean, we we're talking about 10 plus years ago. Um, back in the 2000s, we, you know, I, we created sites that based on only based on the URL, it would actually generate a page. And um, so, you know, they it, it it were great for buying when you buy bought expired domains and actually had a site. You don't you didn't know what, you know, URLs were request were requested. And so, you know, so whenever there was a page, basically we put this site builder and on the fly, it would automatically create from an inspired domain, you know, whatever URL was requested, it would look at the URL and take words out of the URL and apply those to H1 tags and, and to content and, and, you know, do a, uh, we actually had what we had a database of, um, literally hundreds of thousands of RSS feed content. And so literally when, when it would, you know, you'd see, you know, domain dot, you would request, you know, domain.com slash keyword, it would actually take that keyword and, and do a lookup of from the RSS fees and do a search and, and, and create a page of any content based on RSS feeds that we had, you know, put in the massive database. And so that's, you know, kind of going towards expired domains, but, um, where, well, what happened is, is any URL that's requested would always deliver a 200 okay, um, in, you know, the server header. So it was never any 404s. Yeah. And it got to a point where actually, where I think Google was actually requesting their, just weird URLs just to check to see if you actually delivered a 404. I, I love what you just described there. That's like, you know, artful black hat because you basically built a large website and you don't even know what the website is about until the traffic arrives. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was, it was, yes. And so that we were doing that, you know, back in, you know, 2003, 2004 timeframe. Um, and in fact, you know, I mean, I could describe, you know, basically that there were times where based on, you know, this system that was, that, that we had developed uh, and my, you know, developer I know had developed is that basically based on the expired domain, um, if it was a page rank five or higher, it would automatically, literally automatically buy the, you know, buy the domain and configure it on the server and then apply a random template to it and, and pull the content. And as, as, as uh, as you know, when the domain, when the site was up, and the domain was up on the server, it would it would literally send a text message saying, "Hey, you have a new site that we've acquired." There were some days where we were grabbing, you know, 20, 30, 50 to eighty domains a day with sites and pulling putting up putting those up, um, all based on based on uh, page rank and link data. <laughs> nice. We need to revive that script. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's still out there. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure I could dig dig up a copy. It it uh, yeah, it's it's still available. Yeah, my hat's dark enough. I'm still willing to try that stuff because what was old is new again. And I remember Bill saying that two years ago at a SMX uh, West conference, we were having a drinks on the rooftop while he was in his Batman suit, and he said, "What was old is new again." That's why a lot of things that are working. Now that Google supposedly fixed, and that'd be nice to try that out. I, you know, if 
Ted and I were talking with uh, Roman over at NFG and, you know, how to take sites, a PHP site, and send some backlinks and get that traffic, and then the pages are generated. Uh, so this is right along along with aligns with that, except you actually use content. Heck, if it's buying domains and all that other stuff, I just plug that in and just take that traffic and use it where I need it. So I like that. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned um, what what old what is old is new again. You know, back these strategies. You know, the, you know if you, you think about it, you know, there we're the, the empo- Google employees and the engineers that are working on the code right now. Um, we're not working on that code ten years ago. You know, the the, the guys who originally were working on the you know the the Google the Google code or you know even Bing code back in you know early 2000s um you know they're they're not employees anymore they're long gone they're retired on a you know sitting on a beach somewhere um or you know or they're uh you know matt cuts working for you know um, working for the government now so there's been a whole shift and so you have to understand that you know i think one of the things is that now you've got a whole new breed of of you know google engineers and they look at old code and say well why you know why is this particular factor or why is that why are we checking for you know uh you know a certain uh age and in, in you know for, from an expired domain or something like that and it's you know might be something they're checking for and you know they they don't think it's appropriate anymore and so they'll 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 not check if check check that little thing now and whereas they used to and so a lot of these you know i guess you could call them black hat holes or or holes in the algorithm or or a lot of those things that are that we used to do in the early 2000s um you know are now working again because maybe it's maybe it's um they've taken it out of the code or maybe they're not looking for it anymore yeah, well, I think what we, the way you explained it was the new engineers see the old code. They're like, oh, those old guys know what the hell they're talking about. They delete it, not understanding what it fixed, and it creates that yeah. problem again. So, Yeah, attrition is an SEO's greatest ally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the next post is conversion mapping and how they go hand in hand with SEO. This is kind of, I think a lot of you have already seen this, but I, I like putting these kind of posts up because it throws a reminder in. Uh, but basically, it goes through the conversation of what, what do you put first, your optimization for search or your optimization for conversions? Uh, and this kind of gets you into thinking how you're going to do both. In, in particular, how you're going to target a specific audience uh, after you use some of your analytics and stuff to determine who is really coming there and who's converting for you. Uh, you can tweak the pages, uh, keeping SEO in mind, for optimization and get twice as much money for bang for your buck. So again, this is just a really good information to reminder post. You guys probably skip it if you don't need it. Uh, next is a niche list. This is actually pretty good. I use this to build a couple of my research niche um, information setups that I'm, that I'm creating now. Uh, but if you're stuck looking for a niche that you want to delve into, then this is a good topic. Uh, in particular, if you're looking for to to expand out, like I did a lot of local and national SEO campaigns for clients, but I want to get back into affiliate stuff more. 
Uh, and this kind of helps me do that. One of the things that I kind of don't disagree on, and maybe Ted and Bill, you guys can weigh in on this, is people tell you, find a niche that you're interested in. Um, my, my philosophy, though, is that's kind of flawed because that niche you might be interested in might not have any money, or maybe no one else is interested in it, um, or it's just an informational niche, and then now you're blogging for a year for no reason whatsoever. So, yeah, but you can – it comes down to, yeah, I mean, I guess more that it's whether it may not have traffic. I mean, if you have traffic, you can somehow make something from that traffic. I mean, what, you know, so there's – so, yeah, I mean, I think it's more about the fact that, you know, that you're that, you know, that uh, that you may not have the traffic. But, it, you know, I mean, but even if that niche is kind of the same thing, I mean, even if that niche, you know, does not have a lot of traffic, you could just, you know, put if it's a if it's a WordPress site, you could put it behind, you know, put a, a, a paywall there and maybe get you know 100 subscribers even if it's um if that you know if you're creating that content if it's super 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 niche um so i think there's still options i mean you know that there's still some options out there um and yeah. and yeah i mean at the same time even if you have traffic well okay then sell links on this monetize it by selling links on the site <laughs> well and so, there's there's two sides to it too because like my favorite youtube video of all times has 13 views on it and was made by a high school math teacher and so the value of the content and the value of the traffic are often opposing forces yes yeah well i'm sure you're going to find somebody that's interested in underwater basking weaving but i wouldn't make <laughs> even if i was good at it i wouldn't do a blog on it it's just boring <laughs> but so one one thing i'd like to mention before you know if, for expired domains okay one of the things is that i have found and i don't normally i haven't you know i don't think i've ever, ever really told anybody that i look for this but basically the concept is is that you know bloggers tend to get burnt out pretty quickly Okay, so, you know, it could be, let's take mommy bloggers, for example. Well, if you do a search for the top 2019 mommy bloggers or 2018 mommy bloggers, you're probably going to find, you know, a list of the, you know, top 50 or top 20 mommy bloggers, you know, and, and, and those sites will be up and running. But let's look for the lists of the top mommy bloggers from 2015, from 2013, from 2010. Because if you look at the top list of influential mommy bloggers for 2010 or, tw or 2009, uh, of, of, of those 20, about 18 of those sites are going to be expired domains because those mommy bloggers did it for six months, did it for a year, did it for maybe two years at the most, and then basically just gave up because they thought they could be, you know, have 100,000 followers on Instagram and and they could, you know, they could have, you know, all these uh, product endorsements and make money from it. They just got burnt out on it. And so those are going to have a lot of links um, and poten potentially some traffic. So there's so... So 
Well, we're looking for expired domains, and you mentioned blog niches. It's not just you know maybe mommy bloggers, but there's there's blogs on all sorts of topics like that, where we can find um, traffic and find expired domains like that. Nice. Good tips. Good tips. Uh, let's see. Next one is Search Engine Watch Excel. Uh, it's a fuzzy lookup for SEO. I don't have Windows, so I can test this out. But basically. Uh, you use this actual program here. It's called Fuzzy Lookup Download, uh, and it'll add in so that you can use it to find, you know, f migration issues with your URLs and maybe 404 pages, etc. Again, I don't have uh, Windows, so you guys can check that out if you like it. It's a good tool, I thought. And another tool is from uh, Matthew Woodward. This one's getting a little bit of hate. Uh, in the in the space, but basically he's giving you a way to kind of try to see if Google Manual reviewers are looking at your uh, your website. Uh, I know Jerry West tried it. Uh, he said he did it on like 15 sites that he had manual penalties on at some point or another, uh, and used it. And maybe three or four were gave the results according to what Matthew is pointing out in in this article. Uh, on the flip side of that, he. Jerry gave it to one of his clients, and then he got to see where the manual reviews came in. So um, I'd go through this yourself. Again, Matthew writes some really good articles on how to use tools and stuff. So go in here. There's a video to show you how to, how to use it and see if it works for you uh, and make your own opinions on that. You know, it's pretty good. And Again, I like reading Matthew's stuff, and it's not often he's coming out with some new stuff because uh, he's really busy, but I think this is a good one. Well, what, what's so interesting about it is not necessarily the method, but the concept of putting a website out there to get manually reviewed on purpose for the sake of looking at how that review happens and pouring through the logs and reverse engineering the manual review process for clues about what goes on. And that kind of of hacking. I mean, that feels like social hacking of the manual review process. And so academically, that's a really interesting topic. Like I haven't heard anyone put that out there before, but it kind of sounds like they've touched on it. Yeah. I, I haven't heard anyone do it either. I think that's why he's getting some hate because it's a new, new idea and concept. But I think uh, when you're looking at it in the way that you just mentioned, uh, you can, probably save yourself a little time if you're you know like we use the uh, quality google quality guidelines uh, as part of our first look at websites if i have that information that matthew helps pay out maybe i can save myself some time on some of those things uh, and look specifically at what the reviewers are looking at again Do you think, though, that you know i mean we're talking about manual reviews as, man as far as manual actions right yeah i mean you so do you think that there's been controversy in the past whether or not actually Google is manually reviewing, you know, I mean, a site. I mean, Google has said that, yes, they, you know, there is somebody who actually, like, looks at the site and, and gives the manual action. Um, but, you know, as far as the process goes, in I believe that there's something that puts up a red flag that tells Google to, you know, to, to tell somebody, you know, the, where somebody actually then has to manually review it. 
and that came up in in me clean when I've cleaned up menu actions in the past that I have seen stuff menu actions being given that are just there's no way that somebody manually looked at the site and said oh we're going to give this manual action i mean it just did not add up yeah it had to be some kind of automated system that sent up a red flag and then you know and gave the manual action and then they and then you know then when you when you responded to it then they had somebody manually review it yeah, and that's that's why this is such a cool concept. Like it, it just is begging for somebody to set up a manual review honeypot to lure Google into manual review and then to run analysis on the web logs yes. and the triggers and all of that. And that would be a killer case study on manual reviews. I'm sure people have done that in the past and it just it's just not, you know, they've haven't released the info info. Because if you did have the info, you know, it, it's about, it's about, it's all, even, even, you know, any kind of black cast stuff is, is, is all coming to, okay, how far close to that line can you get without, you know, going over it? And, and it's all about that, you know, that mysterious line. And so, you know, the more information like that you have, the, you know, the better, if you, you know, you can get, how close you can get to it without crossing over it. Yeah. I don't mind crossing over it completely, as long as you don't get caught. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the next one is a Google Webmaster Hangouts. You guys seen this marketing syrup. Uh, <clears throat> Christina does these nice roll-ups. Again, if you've watched any of these, some of these episodes can be pretty painful. So go over here and give her some credit. She got 17 different points in it. She actually split it up with times again, so that's really cool. Uh, you know, I hope you get through. One of the things I saw is Google prefers JSON-LD. Used be before Google was always talking about using microdata for your schema. Uh, and now JSON-LD seems to be the preferred method for Google. I've always used JSON-LD just because the markup never displayed on the website. It didn't change your fundamental look in my website. Um, but I think it's pretty cool that they're just acknowledging, hey, just use JSON-LD now. Yeah, it's, it's a huge uh, specification to implement. So it's a big part of what's happening in Cora 5. But yeah, I agree. It looks like JSON-LD is the winner. I, I think maybe that goes along with the Search Console too because I don't see the data highlighter. That hasn't popped up yet in the new version unless you guys have seen it. Yeah, well, you, the JSON-LD spec has the most uh, entities. So it's some somewhere like you know, 200 to 25 entities. So it, it's just a huge one to code out whenever you want to support it. Yeah. Shoot. Uh, next one is some link building tips from, from local business experts. I think this is pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I've had, oftentimes you get a, a client, particularly in local, uh, they already come jaded because they've tried freelancers or they've tried other agencies and get any results. And then when you start having a conversation about link building, uh, they get a little bit nervous just because while they're getting screwed by that other agency, they're over on the internet learning, uh, becoming link building experts. Um, with that, this is actually a good post to kind of model some of your um, objections behind and just look and see what about links and how to, to leverage them a little bit more. Are they useful to you, uh, et cetera? Um, 
in this in this case, it's just going to indicate where your competition's at. I mean, most of them are, you know, they're talking bad about links, but at the same time saying that they're going to use them more. Uh, and you can see that in a couple of these expert insights things where they have uh, the topic and then the expert is contradicting that the whole line of questioning there. So uh, check this out. It's really good uh, fruit for thought stuff. I don't want to dig too deep into it because it's, it, you know, that's a rabbit hole. We could have a whole show about that. Yeah, it's survey data. It's interesting. You should yeah. consider what it says, not necessarily believe what it says. Yeah, it's a good testing. I think it's an opportunity, like one of those testing articles. Here's a whole bunch of stuff. Let me go test that stuff and see. You know, maybe someone's right and someone's wrong. So we'll see. Here's the big news, Bill. I'm sure you got a lot of questions with your audits and stuff and, and your, your client business and talking to people, et cetera, probably at PubCon too. Uh, the, this update that just came out, uh, and Google actually named it themselves, the March 2019 core update. Um, what if, I know it's really early to, to make subjective, this is what it was and stuff, but what kind of stuff have you seen uh, in your in your site's database to indicate what that may or may not have done? Um, I haven't really, I've been tied up with uh, some other, some other projects the past week, but what I've, you know, so I haven't really had time to really dig into it like I should. Um, but what, you know, I have, but for the clients that I, I have been watching um, that there was one in particular um, that was hit basically by the medic update and, you know, it was called the medic update. And it turns out that, that um, site basically lost, you know, eighty percent, you know, eighty percent of the traffic, and um, so they were only, you know, getting now. That was back in August, and in fact, that actually, uh, they have a you know, a, a keyword.com domain, and basically, they, you know, they were always ranking for their keyword, which is their brand. Um, they basically it killed a lot of their brand traffic um, back in, in August, but now that's all that, all that is back and even, even more um, than it you know, was and even more traffic than they had before that. So I think it's, you know, in that case, this was a video game site um, and they just, you know, it, they had nothing to do with any kind of, you know, health, anything it was just a free game site you go on there and play free games and uh and they actually are doing really well um it seems like it's a complete reversal of that medic update yeah that's not the first time i've heard that either i've heard a lot of some other people say that they think that the this core update reversed everything or most of everything that happened in the medic update um, it's hard for me to say what changed and what didn't only because the losses that we saw as a result of the last few algorithm updates all reversed themselves as they continue to test that this main release. Uh, so if anything, I actually came out on top or broke even with for most of our clients. And we had one client, uh, we just stopped doing a lot of link building and they stopped doing content, uh, et cetera. So those are combined and we saw a drop with them, but, that could be related to the update or it could just be related because your SEO is a bit stagnant right now. So it's yeah. a, little, a little hard for me to say. I try to avoid the reversal claims because there's usually not evidence to support it. Uh, you know, the way I see it, change is change. 
let's find clues as to how it changed. Yeah. Yep. Well, I know you tracked that one term. It was a DUI attorney, Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've seen that on uh, White Hat versus Black Hat when I was presenting over there. He used to show that. I've actually started uh, tracking more terms just to kind of get a little broader view of it. And hopefully that act plan actually works out. Unfortunately, I didn't have it set up before this update so I can run a comparison uh, with the core factors. But um, the next one, I got it, hopefully. Yeah, having a good history of data is an important uh, concept in, in modern SEO. If you, if you don't have a good archive of your past SEO, it's difficult to figure out the changes. Yeah, for sure. Well, even at a minimum, at a minimum, you should be, if you've got Google Analytics, you, sh you know, and you make a change to your site or any kind of change, you should be recording that, you know, at a minimum, even for small, tiny sites, you know, local clients where I, where I, you know, where I typically will go and, and, and not, and, and not make a lot of changes to their site. I may, you know, make a, a change them to the, to a new theme or something. Um, and, you know, or, or make some small other changes. Um, I, at a minimum, I, you know, record those in Google Analytics as, uh, you know, as a little uh, citation or a little a little note, um, so that I can go back to the analytics and say, hey, you know, there, what, you know, what, when did I submit a disavow or when did I do this or that, um, and just compare the dates. I mean, that's at the minimum. Um, you know, obviously, I, I guess the maximum would be, you know, having Cora data. But well, you know, everybody at least should be recording something at a minimum in in Google, something like Google Analytics. Yeah, your your minimum idea is actually excellent advice, you, and it could be very simple. You just have a spreadsheet that has dates and a description yep. of events, and those events can be things like the weekly email went out, the web server went offline for four hours. Uh, we launched a redesign, we did an HTTPS migration, and you just have these events and dates. And what you do when you look back later is you overlay those events on your SEO histogram. Yep. And yeah, it's insightful because you see which events like trigger changes and which don't. And yeah, that, that advice is spot on. If you're an SEO power suite user, I use Rank Tracker and it's got built in notes. So you can tag the day and put your notes and it'll give you lines and everything. So, um, yeah, and SEM also, you can put in, you can put in data there. SEM does too. Awesome. And if you're worried about negative SEO attacks, one of the best things you can do is log complaints and issues from your network administrator because his bad days, I guarantee, will be bad SEO days too. <laughs> All right, this is the last post. I'm just going to show this for a second so you guys can see it. Again, if you want to use the AMA, uh, and I invite you to and ask that you do uh, for Bill on Reddit, Hit, the link is on my website. You can find the link to my website in the description. I know that's three steps and I'm making you work for it, but I want the traffic to you if you're just going to bounce and go somewhere else. <laughs> uh, but this is, uh, Bill, how did you uh, get approached to actually start this AMA or did you approach them and say, hey, SEM Marshall, let's do this? 
Um, actually, I have no idea. Um, actually, just through contacts <laughs> and networking, they just say, "Hey, you know, we're going you know, do you want to do a, an AMA for SCM Rush?" And um, a couple weeks ago, just um, with a, through a contact. So I think that you know, I think that a lot of this. I mean, even even down to um, any media attention and so forth that you get. I mean, any kind of you know, uh, interviews or anything. I mean, it comes down to networking and, and, you know, I mean, and, and knowing somebody, I mean, it's the, in the contacts, right. um, you know, I've been, I've been on CBS news because I know a guy who was used to be a reporter who I met, you know, at a, at a, a SEO meeting. So, um, Hey, you know, it, 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 it comes around. You're also oh, a favorite you know. actor, aren't you? <laughs> You're yeah. in the Actors Guild for your Skittles commercial. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you best from Expired Domains. You actually did a presentation for SEO Rockstars. Uh, currently, you're hosting the weekly chats over at the uh, Search Intelligence Agency, is it now? Or, yeah, or association. Um what I guess we talked about this before and it kind of brings it in is this is a really broad question. I don't expect a complete answer, but what are maybe your top three things you do when you're evaluating an expired domain and whether you want to use it? Um, and in, in our case, I'm just going to stick to the link building thing. Um, typically sure. 301s. If you're going to use it for a 301, one of the top three things that you look at uh, at a, at a domain and say, Hey, let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah. So typically, uh, you know, there's a couple, you know, there's you know, basically two different ways. I mean, you can, you can, you have to find the domain first off, and that's probably the most difficult part, you know, it, and, and it is, some of it is, some of it involves actually a lot of luck because you actually happen to be searching and, you know, a particular domain is, is, um, expired and, or coming up. And, and so, you know, on auction and, you know, there might be only there listed on auction for, you know, 10 days. And so, you know, if you're not searching every single day, you might miss it by, you know, a good domain by a day. Um, so some of it is luck, but, you know, you, you're using stuff like fresh drop that ag basically aggregates all the domain auctions at one place. That you can identify, you know, a niche or a, you know, a, a target niche. If it's, um, you know, if you're looking for an SEO domain, you know, you, and, and links like that um, from former SEO agencies, you know, you would look for domains that end in SEO because, you know, digitalear.seo.com and all these different SEO agencies that, you know, that, that, that went down, you know, that uh, didn't run, you know, that went, um, they closed their closed up shop, you know, a couple of years ago and their domains are now expired and, all, you know, the SEO links are there. So, you know, you kind of look for a keyword that, uh, yeah, and, you know, based in typical cases ends in with that domain. Um, if I'm looking for a marketing domain, you know, so, um, or, you know, digital agency, you might find a domain that ends in marketing. A lot of companies start, you know, use their company name you know, so and such and such marketing.com. And so you kind of narrow it down to a pool of domains. Um, then essentially the next step is to somehow, you know, put a value on each of those. 
um, like you know, I use I, I like to use the uh, domain checker uh, bulk link checker at, over at uh, a majestic um, so basically you can drop in you know a list of, of domains and it will just tell you um, the the, you know, the high level link data like you know trust flow citation flow um, are there links from you know what different to different topics and so forth how many you know edu backlinks how many government backlinks you know how many links from cross c blocks so you kind of narrow it down uh, i may end up with you know a dozen domains and then that's then it's the manual checks it's the you know going to google see if the domain is still indexed seeing what pages um, are still indexed on the domain so that's kind of a pretty good distinction of whether or not that domain is still indexed in Google or whether it's not been. Because if it's still indexed in Google, that's a better chance that it's, you know, that it's still, you know, has have some potential there. Uh, if it's completely gone from Google's index and Google knows that it has expired or hit pending delete or, or so forth. And so at that point, um, so there's kind of the two distinctions. There's whether or not that domain is still indexed in Google, whether it's not indexed. You know, if it is indexed, most likely it's going to still be, uh, you know, like in a GoDaddy auction where uh, where the create date of the domain um, does not, when you buy the domain, the create date doesn't change. It actually, GoDaddy just transfers ownership to you. And so it's not actually a domain that's dropped. There's kind of two ways to deal with, you know, either you can revive a domain that's completely dropped and gone through the whole expired domain process, or you get a domain that's either on Namejet or GoDaddy that where you actually buy ownership of it before it actually expires. So then, you know, so that create date and, and maintaining, maintaining that is probably, you know, is, is, is key here. Um, so what, what you're saying is if I buy it in an auction, I'm buying essentially from the create date, not from the time that someone let it go. Yeah. So what happens is, is when you buy it from a GoDaddy auction or a Namejet auction, um, it's pre-release. And so it actually is not, it's expired, but it's not actually gone through the, the 90-day the drop process. Uh -huh. So what has happened is, is that when you get that domain and you look up on who is, um, if that domain was reg originally registered in 2002, then, you know, you, it'll actually on who is, it'll actually look with, it'll have your information on it and it will have the 2002 date on it. So it will look like you bought it in 2002 originally. So it maintains all its age and everything. That's cool. Yes. And so basically those type of domains, those are still in Google's index. They're still in the index. They're still in Bing. And they, you know, they still have some traffic, even though there might be a landing page that says it's expired. I think that's the, the true distinction. Um, those type of domains, you can almost instantly, you know, when you get those, if they're still in the index, you can basically redirect them right away. Um, or, you know, typically, you know, you can, you, you can just start using them right away. Now, here the other... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, here's a, a question for you. And it, yep. it comes up a lot. Like people ask me all the time, is domain age a factor? 
And what I often tell them is, I don't think it is. I think it's closely related to a factor. I think how long a domain has been indexed is actually the thing. Um, the reason I suspect that is because I used to have access to hundreds of domains that were registered in the 90s, but never used as websites. Yeah. And when I would test those, they were no better than a brand new domain. Um, so, so what I do suggest, though, is that where it comes into play, it kind of interesting is that if you have a brand new, new domain, say you you know, you make a comp, a, a, a new, a make up a new brand, you know, that's, um, uh, you know, just a fictitious brand. And it's a, you have to register a brand new name. You have to use a brand, brand new domain. Then the, it does make sense to buy an expired domain, even though if, even if it was never used and redirect that domain with that 1990s or, or 2002 date, redirect that to that brand new domain. And so that that age, if you will, or that the, that some of those factors will actually be combined. And so I, you know, with that brand new domain, and what I've seen is it tends to get past some kind of this, you know, this newness or sandbox or whatever you want to call it, it gets past some of those filters, if you will, that Google has or biases that Google has against brand new domains. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I, and th that's, that's, I've been doing that for years and years. You know, like I said, if there's a, you know, a brand new domain that you, you know, that, that you have to, where you have to use that particular new domain. When you're buying, how, how, how much importance do you put on relevancy? And you know, it, it right. It it kind of depends. I mean, it it um, it it depends on what I'm what I'm using it for. If it's a local, if it's a local SEO client, or if it's a if it's a site that um, that basically I look at the link profile and you know I need some more links on a certain topic or, you know, or I need some certain anchor text links. Um, I will, you know, I will really make sure that it's, that it's on topic that, um, that, you know, basically if it's a, an example would be at, you know, a, a re, you know, a real estate agent site um, and they, you know, they have, they don't have enough, word you know links in the anchor text that have real estate in it or realtor or you know something like that you know we'll go buy you know old real estate domains that have you know that that and sites like that mm -hmm. and and redirect those um because we need you know we the profile is there but it's it just needs some more some more help right so the other is you know, the other consideration is just expired domains just for traffic, just to buy a domain that, it, you know, will have type in traffic that you can literally just park and make, you know, $200 a month with basically a parked domain. Uh, I've got domains that I have bought as a spire domain back in two, 2004, 2005, that just they, they, they it's it's a hyphenated domain 
and there's no type in traffic, but it still has links from, it still has links and it has traffic through those links. And that's enough. That traffic is enough that it's just always been a parts page. And every, you know, every year it makes, you know, $10 a month. And I just continue to renew it because as a parts page, it just has that traffic and I've never developed it. So, you know, you can, there's different reasons, you know, to buy. Um, And then there's there's the whole flipping. Um, You know, any, uh, right now you can buy any, you know, any city attorney, you know, city name uh, attorney.com or lawyer.com, you know, you know, phoenixlawyer.com or, or, you know, phoenixattorney.com or even the smaller cities, um, those are easily flipped. I mean, literally, you can buy them for $20 and within an hour, you can have them sold for a 1000 So there's, there's, you know, I, I've done that time and time again um, over the years. So, you know, that you could just spend all your day just, just buying those and, and doing some outreach and, and flipping them. Um, the way I do that, obviously find the domain um, and basically if, if some of the research, if you're just doing for flipping, then basically you will uh, do, a, do a search for the keyword, you know, if it's Phoenix Lawyer, well, just make sure that people are buying PPC ads. If there's PPC ads for that keyword, they're probably, they would probably buy the domain and you just contact the people who are paying for PPC for, you know, for Phoenix lawyer and say, Hey, I've got this domain and ask them if they want to buy it. Right. So folks, we have 10 more minutes. Um, if you have any questions for Bill, me, me or Ted, drop them in the chat, uh, a follow up to your statement on transferring an expired domain to a brand new domain, helping yep. you get out of that sandbox. Um, I know you've seen it. You wouldn't say it if it wasn't you haven't seen it in a in the live. But how do we test that? And Ted, maybe you have some ideas. Well, how do how do we test that to verify that that's what it's right. actually doing? Because so what what Bill's talking about this newness uh, issue, this sandbox, and and I know that people all around the internet say there's no sandbox. The term <clears throat> sandbox is being used to describe a behavior. And that behavior is when does a new domain name start to get credit for its backlinks? And I know a lot of people say that the link operator in Google is worthless, but it's actually not. It's diagnostic. It's not a a representative sample, but it tells you a piece of information. And that piece of information is when you do the link operator on your domain, do you get zero links or non-zero links? And so the sandbox is how much time does it take for your new domain to go from zero links to non-zero links? And we've seen that in the past take as long as 10 months for a new website to get credit for its backlinks. Now, my understanding is that that's been getting shorter and shorter over the years, and I haven't looked into it recently. But when Bill mentioned newness and the sandbox, he's talking about that credit for the backlinks. And so this whole idea of buying the auction or buying the domain at auction and getting the seamless transfer without the expiration is supposed to prevent you from entering into that 
that new domain sandbox where you don't get credit for your backlinks for a long, long time. I think the latest test that I've seen was done by Matt Diggity, and he was averaging 60 days um, on from his expireds to actually being useful again. So I, I think that's an interesting test. I, I, I would when you're thinking when you're talking about the single variable environment, though, I, I kind of have a hard time picturing how to pull that off, other than buying. Uh, five test domains, optimizing one page on each of those for the same keyword, and then doing a, a well, run, to it. run backlinks to your new domains and measure how long it takes for them to show up any of them into the link operator search results. And when you're saying, is it in URL or what's the link operator that you're referring uh, to? Link uh, link colon uh, digitalear.com and oh. then put in you know, see see what comes up. And on a new domain it, it, from a, you know, an expired one that Google detected, uh, it'll be zero. And so even if you do your link building for a long time, those won't show up. So the question is, is how long does it take for your new domain to get any credit at all for backlinks? Okay. And uh, when you buy an expired domain and let's say you're, uh, starting a blog like we talked about earlier and how most people quit those blogs. Uh, if you're not waiting until you get credit for your backlinks, you haven't even seen the effects of your SEO and you're already giving up. And so monitoring this is important uh, because it, at one point in the past, uh, Google had leaked that uh, some, some ridiculous number like 90% of web spammers uh, give up within 10 months. And for a long time, that sandbox where you don't get credit for your backlinks was set to that give up point. It's psychology. And so that's why all those, you know, mommy bloggers quit way too soon because they never even get to the point where their SEO matters. And it's 60 days now because we have even less patience than we did before. <laughs> and Bill, there's no questions, and hopefully they're saving them all for your AMA, which is what we wanted to do in the first place. In your SIA uh, presentation, you showed a site where that helped you determine if a domain has got traffic before you buy it. Do you mind showing that, or is that a little overreaching? I'm trying to see. I'm trying to remember what you refer, were referring to. Um, yeah, it showed the DNS traffic. Um, I wish I remember the name. Of yes, that actually is actually a tool that um, from uh, from Verisign. Verisign, there you go. Uh, yes, that shows. Um, and I'm trying to remember the uh, the URL of that. Uh, I'd have to look up and book. But basically, what what they they want to. There, yeah, they they show the DNS traffic to that, and the number of DNS lookups to that particular domain. Domain scope. Yes, domain scope. Yeah, and um, yes, it is. You know, it's it's the DNS number of DNS lookups. So you know, in my case, you know, I have. It's been a, a little while since I've I've done that. Um, you can. Um, there actually is an API. So if you're you know, you're you're uh, enterprising. You you could hook up to that API and and literally find um, domains with traffic that way. Um, 
and basically it comes down to the the only issue is is that that the you know the keyword you're looking for um, needs to be in the domain so you know if you're if you're looking for an an seo related or you know digital marketing uh domain then you know you won't find stuff like hartzer.com because you know digital marketing or seo is not in there but you know especially if yeah i mean for local searches and so forth i mean you could definitely find that um some of it also can be you know traffic from from you know it's all dns traffic all dns lookups so you know if, if you keep in mind and some of that traffic could be from stuff like heartbleed and you know some uh you know virus related traffic um but you know so it's it's all dns lookups that have happened for that particular domain but it is a you know you can you can sort um and you can not necessarily sort by relevance but you can sort it by i believe by traffic also yeah um and so and uh it looks like since i last looked at it they have added um inbound links i'm not sure where they're pulling those inbound link data from but this is actually a really good really good source yeah i haven't seen that populated in a lot of the searches that i use it for and basically if, if you guys don't understand what what Bill is showing us is that use the DNS to find to see if the, the domain with the server was getting pinged, right? Is basically what the DNS does. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you know, yes, if something or somebody actually, you know, somewhere looked up that particular domain, um, and you know, the, a lot of cases the servers, since it's an expired domain, the servers aren't, you know, won't resolve anymore. Uh -huh. but it, you know, the idea is that there is something wanting wanting to to you know request that domain whether it's you know a search engine bot or whether it's um somebody actually trying to type it in okay and then you can so this would be like if i had a plumbing site i'd buy Damhams plumbing my my domain is brand new this one has dns traffic redirected to my brand new domain and the theory is that it will shorten that sandbox period well, these are actually domains that are recently expired. Okay, so that are .com or .net, um, you know, which uh, VeriSign is registry for .com and .net, um, and so this would be actually different because I don't think that you know these are domains that have actually gone through that ninety-day period okay. that they've expired. So okay. the domains are not probably in Google anymore; they've been removed. Um, you'd want one, a domain that is from a GoDaddy auction or from a, or from um, like a name, you know, Namejet auction or, or Snap names, um, which are basically domains that you get before, you know, before they actually drop. Okay. All right. So this was, this is more if you want to not compete with the, the auction space. Well, the, yeah, so I didn't mention basically you can I mean you can revive you can easily revive a domain. The difference is is that even with the links, basically the only difference is is from a one that you get on you know on the pre-release like GoDaddy auctions and the ones that actually continue to drop. Um, you all you would really need to do is take that denimsplumbing.com and put up a landing page on it. And I like to let it sit for 30 to 60 days 
and you know and and get it back into you know get it back in get it back indexed um, again and and you know at that point you know after it's indexed and and you know and you, you could put point some new links to it but you'd want to basically give it some time to get indexed again and then then you would take advantage of re, of redirecting so that's, that's really only the only difference is through if it completely expired or whether it's a or whether it's a domain from the pre-release okay so that the sandbox issue i would get a pre-release domain okay that makes sense here's a good one for you ted hotmomfatloss.com it's available <laughs> yeah and it actually has um i, be- I believe that's the past is that pe- the past seven days or the past 30 days that it, the dns look up traffic um, a thousand searches um thousand seven searches something like that yeah that's not bad uh prior 24 hour period so that's what it says in the info yeah i have seen actually i have seen some domains there that the prior 24 hour period have has been as high as nine hundred thousand, close to a million uh-huh. from those expired domains have you there have you seen like I've bought some on there and, and I it says that it has the numbers on it, but then when you put it on to um you redirect it, for example, you don't necessarily see traffic um uh, in a traditional way like GoDaddy or I mean analytics. Um is is that where something you want to verify in the server logs or you not even worry about it? Yeah, I mean you can um i i've sometimes i've hit home runs there and sometimes they have not um keep in mind it also could be mail traffic also mm-hmm. uh, or e- email traffic so you would any expired domain at a minimum you would want to uh set up a default so that any mail at that domain is is forwarded to maybe a gmail account so that you can see the Gmail or the the mail traffic, email traffic. Right. So hmm. it could be actually email traffic, also, for lookups on that. Would be cool if that's like a built-in list. <laughs> Just reply to all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, there's no more questions, so hopefully they're all going over to the to the Reddit and hitting your AMA. I appreciate you, t- Bill, taking the time yep. to come on. Uh, again, you do the, sp- the weekly talks for SIA. Uh, you're a majestic uh, brand ambassador. Um, you have BillHartzer.com. Are there any other ways people can reach you um, to you know ask more questions, maybe learn some more about domains, uh, et cetera? Yeah, just um, just look up my name in Google, and and you know I'm happy to help anybody who reaches out. He's he's famous, folks. He's got his own knowledge, guys. <laughs> Ted. You got anything for us in our party? Uh, what are we talking about tomorrow for SEO Fight Club? Uh, well, the the cat's out of the bag. Tomorrow we're talking about the Google update. So mm-hmm. we're going to show some data. We're going to talk about updates in general. We're going to talk about past updates. Uh, so if you've been asking me for answers, tomorrow's the day. Sweet. Are we going to show uh, data or are we going to go with 
things we're gonna we're gonna test. You know, here's our hypothesis, and let's test that stuff. Uh, we're we're gonna show some data. Okay. I mean, we're gonna talk about some theories. We always do, but we're also gonna show some data too. Perfect. Good. Good. All right, everyone. Thank you very much. This is episode 111 of SEO this week. Thank you very much for coming. We'll see you tomorrow on SEO Fight Club.